Namaste and welcome to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken with your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. The heart of any soul relationship is the practice of unconditional love by everyone involved in the relationship, but you can't always control what other people do. So how about figuring out how to do this for yourself and just practicing that unconditional love as much as you can? Of course, it's good for the soul relationship. It's good for the engagement between people, but it's also good for your own soul development. Standing in the stance of unconditional love is one of the ways you win your karmas, is one of the ways you change the energies on you. And of course, relationship is the place where we have to learn how to do that. It's the place where the rubber meets the road, as they say. It's perfectly easy to be an unconditional love if you're sitting by yourself in a cave meditating. But it's much harder to be unconditional love in the midst of the illusion and in the midst of the illusion of relationship. We need to be love, love ourselves, see love, speak love, act love, and react love. So let's go through those. How exactly do we do that? Be love. Well, first you have to open your own heart. And many people have heartbreak, and many people are living in a stance of closed-heartedness. So the very first thing, you have to be the love yourself. You have to feel it. You have to do the work to reopen your heart. You have to fill your own heart with divine love. There are a number of ways to do that. Simply sitting in a church in the candlelight can help you open your heart into that divine love. Getting a picture of a divine soul like Jesus or Mother Mary or or, uh, Buddha and looking at that divine soul or Shirdi Baba and looking at that divine soul in the eyes and opening your heart. Those iconic pictures of those divine souls or deities are meant to make a soul connection with you. Look into their eyes, open your heart as much as you can, and you will feel an energy of love filling you and coming back to you. Or meditate with the image of your divine soul or your deity in your third eye. Hold that image as strongly as you can. It may shift and change as you're in your meditation. You may see it begin to move or do actions or... Or you may end up walking with that divine soul in that meditation, but you will feel the filling of your soul from their soul. It's a very important process to fill yourself with divine love. Also connect into the love that's in you. Remember the times you had of open-heartedness. Cultivate those memories. Really feel them. Replay them till the point where you actually feel it in the body. Or listen to beautiful music that opens your heart. Or look at beautiful things that open your heart. Or just do the things you love and really feel it, really experience it. Really experiencing it, bringing the opening of your heart as you do them. This opening of your own heart, the filling with divine love, the connecting into the love of your own open-heartedness is key. 
If you can't feel the love, if you can't be the love, then you can't give the love. And first of all, how about giving that love to yourself? Love yourself. Often that's a little bit more difficult than it initially sounds. It's a deep problem in modern times. So many people suffer from some kind of unworthiness, not feeling good enough, low self-esteem. It's a worldwide problem. And it is an ongoing work to love ourselves through everything that we've done, through all the things that we've felt, through all the ways that we've behaved, through all the things that other people have told us about ourselves, to still love ourselves. It is an ongoing work. And it's a deeper topic than we can fully address today. But as we go forward in the Soul Talks, we will talk multiple times at greater depth on how to love oneself. There's already a Soul Talk blog on dealing with mistakes and shame. But let's take a look at why do you need to be involved in loving yourself here? Because loving yourself is the basis of loving other people. And it's a process. It's a process that builds your soul energy and being. And just staying in the struggle of self-love helps you to gain a compassion for others, a compassion for others and what they're struggling with and how they're trying to move into their own loving hearts. And gaining that compassion is a step to loving others. Let's move on to see love. See love everywhere. Love is one of the basic molecular building blocks of everything in form. Everything in the creation has a particle of love in there. Train your senses to see that love in all life, in the beauty of nature in the love of animals. See the love you have for your partner. See how they feel and express their love for you. Really look at that. You know, many people in our lives don't know how to express love. Or they've given us love, but that it wasn't in some way that we wanted. We have to look closer and see where it is, how it is, they are being the love in them, to recognize it and feel it. See how they really are expressing the love to you. They may actually really be expressing to you love to you, and you're not seeing it. My example comes from my childhood. I'm going to use my mom in this case. My mom saw me. She really did. I didn't see that at the time. I thought she was just pushing me, like, oh, I must not be good enough because my mother always thinks I need to do this and then do that and do something else and why not try for this and why not, oh my gosh, I just thought she was incessantly pushing me. But what I realize now as an adult looking back, really trying to see the love that was there, she saw me, excuse me. She saw me. She knew I could be better than I was being in that moment. She knew I had huge potential. That's what she believed about me. She believed in me enough to to push at me a little. Well, you know, maybe she could have done it a little differently, but 
but I, I, it's important to go back and see the love that was really there. And that brings us to the next thing, speak love. Because I can tell you, my parents are both passed away now. But I would love to call my mom and say thank you. I know you saw me. I know you saw me. And I know that's why you pushed mom. And by the way, you know when you made me go to that Toastmasters class and I screamed and yelled and made a big scene about it? You would not believe how much I do public speaking now in my everyday life, Mom. Thank you. I would love to speak that to her. And I do in my heart. But how many chances do we lose to speak love? Once we're feeling it, once we embody it, once we're being it, once we're feeling it, then we need to speak it. We need to feel the love and then speak from there. Of course we need to do this in relationships. Of course we need to tell our intimate relationships, I love you. But you can even talk to the, your pets and your plants with love. You know, love is in everything. It vibrates to the energy of love and everything when you are love and when you speak love. Remember that old study, if you're old enough, you remember this, where they had plants and people, people yelled and screamed and said negative things to their plants and those plants withered and the same conditions of light, sunlight and water and everything. They had plants with to whom they spoke lovingly and pray, gave praise to and those plants flourished. Literally, Everything has love in it. And when you are love to it, it vibrates that love within it. And they, those things flourish and they grow. You want your relationship to flourish and grow? Speak love. Even if you have to have a negative conversation, fill with love first. Do your speaking of love in a, in a way that comes from being filled with love first. And if you have to have a negative conversation, fill with love first and then do the act of love of choosing to not hit the other person where it hurts. Not hitting straight on somebody else's fault. What are their triggers, their pains, their wounds? You know they have a broken toe there. Why are you stepping on it? Isn't there a way that you could have this conversation without trying to hit on their broken toe, their emotional broken toe? Think it through. You can even do this speaking from love with at work. You know, you can even do this with, with a subordinate who need, you need to give negative feedback to or a coworker who needs a lift. It's about being in a state of love before you speak. And then when you have that conversation, you'll see it comes from a completely different place in you and it experienced completely differently by the other. So speak love. Tell the people around you you love them. But this doesn't have to be some big, mushy scene if it's embarrassing to you or them. A simple recognition, a simple reflection of the other's goodness. See the goodness in them. Recognize that. Mention that. Praise that. See what brings them soul joy and talk about that. 
see what makes them feel good about themselves and reflect that to them as often as you can. What does it cost us to speak love to other people? It costs us nothing. And yet it vibrates the love particle in everything around us and things begin to flourish. Just notice even the small, kind things another person is doing. Praise that. And there's any sincere, loving thank you, any sincere, loving I'm so sorry, can go a very long way to creating the heart of soul relationships. But this can even be done with strangers. A beautiful thank you to a stranger is is a loving act. A simple smile speaks love. You know, here's a little trick about saying thank you. Make it personal. You know, if a guy opens the door for me, I could walk through and just say thank you. That's polite. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's a, it's a positive act. But if I say thank you, you're being such a gentleman. I appreciate that. That connects that to that guy who opened the door. He feels it differently because now it's about him. It's not just a polite gesture anymore. It is a statement of his goodness. Why not do that everywhere? Why not recognize the goodness in the other when we're saying thank you? It's a true act and, and a true voicing of love. So now we're talking about acts of love. Act in love. Choose acts from those feelings of love in you. Okay, so sometimes we're not at our best. And you're in some kind of frustration or anger or sadness. Let's get you back to a place where you can act in love there. Suspend judgment or blame first. This is not about other people or about the situation. This is not about how unfairly you were treated. Everything that comes to you in your life has a reason for your soul. You're going through a big learning lesson of the illusion, teaching you about your own nature, growing you in your own nature, and everything that comes to you is there as a lesson of your own soul development. No matter how unfair or cruel it was, this is a lesson of your own soul. So get off of thinking about the cruelty or the unfairness or the judging or blaming about what happened there. And get on to what is it about my soul that needs to, that it needs to learn that brought this experience to me. Because by doing that, you are meeting your karmas in a different way. And when you meet your karmas in a different way from hopefully the place of love and non-attachment, you are winning those karmas. You are clearing and washing those karmas on your soul. Everything that happens to you is a possibility for you to wash your karmas. But first, you have to focus off of the other or off of the situation and back onto yourself. You have to ask yourself, what is it my soul's trying to show me here? What's my lesson? Why am I feeling this way? Have I felt this way a hundred thousand times before? Probably, yes. Do I need to feel this way? How do I stop feeling this way? How do I get to a place of love? Then go into the silence. Go into meditation. 
Switch your mind to the loving things you remember in your life. Do, do the tricks we've talked about to try and decharge the negative emotions you're having. There's a whole soul talk episode on decharge. Use those decharge techniques. And when you are finally at a place of peace from going out in silence in the nature or doing other decharge techniques, when you're finally in that place where you're no longer in the tussle of it, consider the lesson of it. Consider what it would take for you to stand in love and non-attachment with them. And then from that place, take your actions. Not from your woundedness, not from your pain, not from your anger. You're greater than that. You are greater than that. You are a soul, a divine crystal soul here on a mission to increase your soul energy. So find that place of peace and release of those emotions and then act from there. Once you're feeling that, once you're seeing some piece of your lesson, you may have to work it through. You may have to figure out, oh, I thought that was a lesson, but uh, okay, now here's, let's try this. Love yourself in that. Forgive yourself in that. Then speak and act from that place of self-love, from that place of forgiveness for self and others, and from that place where you know you are greater than these feelings. And greater than this play upon you, no matter how unfair or cruel or or negative it may have been. You are greater. And from there, also learn to react in love. Get to feeling that compassion and that love, even the midst of negativity happening to you. When others are in their negative qualities and they're playing it out on you, you can still stand in that place of love. First of all, somebody else is doing something, saying something, they're in their negativity, they're in their blocks. Okay, fine. First, try and take the stance where it's not something you need to receive as your own block. That, that's the traditional thing in relationships is that each person triggers the other. My block is that I don't feel good enough. Your block is that you criticize. Okay, we're, we're going to be in for a triggering relationship. Every time you criticize, I don't feel good enough. Every time I don't feel good enough, I respond back to you in hurt and pain. And it just goes on and on and on. If somebody is being negative towards you, the first thing you do is try and not be in your own block with that. Now that's very hard. And we just talked about how to kind of take some time, take some silence, take some space to not go into that block. That's important. But another form you can take when somebody's doing that with you is to really understand that this is their block. This is their pain. This is their wound. This is their stuck place. This is how they get hung up. Try to see it from love. Not as, well, you always are criticizing. You're the most critical person I know. No, that's not seeing that from love. You have to go a a layer deeper to see it from love. That person was probably criticized pretty severely in their childhood. I'll bet you they were. Or they feel not good enough themselves. 
So they're always trying to correct and change and mold everybody else around them. There's something deeper there. There's a pain. There's a block of their own. That's they're currently wouldn't even be behaving that way if they weren't in some kind of pain. Respond to their pain from compassion as much as you can. If you have to go out and get yourself uncharged, decharged from your negative emotions and responses first, great. Then come back to them from that state of compassion. Understanding that there is a lesson there for you and taking the stance of a divine response, love, compassion, and non-attachment. It's all just an illusion playing. Now, let me give you sort of an example of that one. That's, that's a complex. We, we know how to be love. We know how to, we're, we're working on loving ourselves. We know how to see love. We can speak love. We can start to act in love. But this reacting thing, oh my gosh, that gets complex. So let me give you a little, a little example from, from me and my husband. So my, our, we have two cars. One of those cars uh, broke down completely. And because fixing cars is something that really puts me into frustration, I wanted to just hand it off to my husband. So I did. And he's a, my husband is really, if you know him at the soul level, you see him as a get it done, I can do it, let me, let me take care kind of guy. That's his whole life is about taking care, taking care in his community, taking care. So when I hand him one of these things, it really matches who he is. You know, he says, okay, I'll take care. You don't have to worry about it. I'll just do this thing. So I hand this off to him and the, this keeps going on and on and on. One thing gets fixed and five more things break. Then he fixes all of those and then another thing breaks. And it's going on and on and on. It's been three months, no second car. Now this might sound like, oh, what a great luxury, dear, that you don't have a second car. I live in the middle of the wilderness. My nearest neighbors are a uh, mile and a half away. Cell phones don't even work out here. I'm so remote. And my husband takes the car off to work every day and sometimes has to go to conferences for his work several over several days. And so I'm left kind of stranded out here in the middle of the wilderness with no vehicle. And that starts to get frustrating for me. Now, okay, an interesting part of this story is that if you try to hand your frustrations off to somebody else and you think you won't have to have to deal with them, guess what? Your frustrations are part of your karma. They will come to you anyway. And of course, this frustration did come to me anyway. I tried to hand it off to my husband. He was doing a good job of trying to do the repairs, but it just went on and on and on. And I felt uh, like the money's draining out the window and that I'm stranded out here. So now I could go to my husband in the midst of that frustration and speak to him about the issue. And uh, trust me, I have done those kinds of conversations with my husband. I have come from my lowest self and come in my frustration and said things like, what the heck is happening with this car? I can't stand it any longer. It's taking so long. What what are you doing there? Well, uh," you know, okay, I've done that. And I can tell you exactly what happens with that kind of conversation. When I come in my state of frustration, my husband's a can-do, get-it-done kind of guy. And this is something he can't do and he can't get it done because it keeps going on and on and on. So already he's also frustrated. 
And his self-esteem is wrapped around getting it done. And here I am coming at him with all the barrels, you know, flying at him there with, why isn't this working and how come it's taking so long? I can, you can imagine now what happens with that conversation. He gets triggered. He wants to be a take care of it kind of guy. He feels I'm criticizing his not taking care, which in a sense I, I am in my state of frustration. And then he grumps back at me and then I grump back at him and we never really have a real conversation about, in this case, the car. So what really should I do? Now, not that I haven't done the that frustration talk. I have done it from time to time, but I know that doesn't go anywhere. So now, now that I'm older and wiser and I know that doesn't go anywhere, what should I really be doing? Well, number one, I should be going out and decharging that frustration. Remember the decharge techniques. Number two, I should wait until I feel some compassion for him in that process before I go to him and be in my highest loving self when I go to him. Now, that's just a good practice for me because that's how I meet my karmic patterns. This was a karmic play on me to be in frustration. If I can choose to not be in frustration, if I can choose to be in love, like if I can choose to be in my divine self, well, then I'm actually winning something for myself here. But then when I go to my husband from that state, I can say, I can say stuff like, you know what, hon, I know you've done, you've been working so hard on this car to get it fixed. And I'm seeing that every time you fix something, something else happens. Oh my gosh, you poor thing. And you know, that is my compassion for him. He really is. I have to trust who he is. He is a get-it-done guy, and he has been trying to get it done. That's who he is. I need to see that, recognize that, speak about that to him. It's my first step of compassion to this conversation. And I can tell you how that goes when you do it differently from there. He starts to speak his frustration. Oh my gosh. Can you believe so many things are breaking on this car? I'm, I'm ready to throw this car out the window or, you know, whatever is <laughs> how he would express that. I'm sure we could have a little bit more colorful way of saying that. And I can even appreciate him saying, well, you know, honey, this kind of thing drives me crazy too. And so I'm actually glad you're doing it. You're so good at doing it and you've hung in there so long. And I can even get to the point in that conversation when he's expressed his own frustration with it, saying, you know, I asked you to fix it, but I, did I ask you for the wrong thing, sweetie? Should we just be getting rid of this car? I mean, you said you wanted to toss it out the window. Should we? And then we can really have, you know, a conversation. I can ask him, from your expert point of view, is, the, is this stupid thing fixable or not? Because if it's not, honey, let's, let's do something else. Or... I can even bring up the money issue if I'm if we're in that conversation with each other as a team now because we've come recognizing each other. I've come with compassion for what's happening for him. I can even say, "Hey, you're the expert. What do you think this is going to cost in the end?" And we can talk that through. It gets a real conversation going because I did not come in my frustration. But I sat until I decharged that. And with compassion on what he might be feeling in the moment, I came to him from there. So that's how we need to react in love. And we may not do it perfectly every time. <laughs> I certainly have acted from the frustration and reacted from the frustration.
and other feelings, but to practice it, to try it. When you finally see how it works in an interaction and how much better that interaction goes and how much more you get accomplished in those interactions, you're going to be motivated to do it every time, even when things feel really bad. So that is the heart of soul relationships, is to be in your heart, to be love, to love yourself, to see love everywhere and in everyone and everything, to speak your love. It costs you nothing. Speak it. To act from love, fill yourself with love and take your acts from there, and to react in love. This is Cindy Lindsay Royale for Divine Lineage. You have been listening to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken. With your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. Namaste. Namaste.